Hello everyone, and welcome to our Year in Review Regional Roundtable Series, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. My name is René Claure, partner with Moreno Valdivieso in Bolivia. The ELA Global Employment Law Year in Review Series is classically our most popular series of the year, focusing on the most impactful regulations of past year and forecasting what employers can expect in the current year. Today, we are going to be chatting with one of the members in our Latin American region. Joining us today is Juan Carlos de la Vega, managing partner at Santa Marina y Esteta in Mexico. Juan Carlos, welcome to this special Year in Review podcast. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing very well, René, and it is my pleasure participating. It's great to have you here, Juan Carlos. Let's begin with the questions. What were the most significant legal changes in 2022, Juan Carlos? What are the changes that impacted employers in Mexico? That's a good question. Mexico has gone since 2019 through important transformation in the labor law field. We had, as a consequence of the ex-signing of the United States-Mexico agreement, you know, the free trade agreement that we have for North America, Mexico was imposed higher labor standards. And that had, as a consequence, the need of amending local laws, which now we have to deal with. And these laws have been gradually being applied throughout Mexico per region because uh, it was not possible to do it in the whole country at one time. The changes basically refer to the new court system. We have a new court system. In the past, we used to have conciliation and arbitration boards, which were tribunals, just that they depend from the executive power. And now we have uh, labor courts which depend from the judicial power, either the federal level or at the local level. And, and we have a new procedural regulation. So we're all learning really on, on the new rules and it's, that's being a challenge. The second very important development relates to collective bargaining. So we adopted a similar system as the United States which requires employees' participation in many of the decisions which are taking uh, the employer facilities. For example, one of the biggest challenges is that we require employee secret vote to validate bargaining decisions. So that has imposed very important challenges to human resources and legal teams inside companies because that was a variable that we were not used to. Of course, I can extend and elaborate because there are hundreds of new rules, but I think that's the key point. Another very important development refers to our new outsourcing regulations, which was enacted really back in 2021, but the true effects were seen late 2021 and the first half of 2022. So in Mexico, you are not allowed to outsource any kind of activity. The core business of the company requires to be kept into the company, hire employees directly by the employer. You can, of course, outsource other activities. We call that subcontracting. And for purposes even for that to occur, the subcontracted company requires to meet certain requirements and to obtain 
a federal registration. So that's been something that we've been dealing with. There's been a bunch of labor inspections in that respect. We have to keep in mind that the outsourcing prior to this was something that was used as an abuse system because companies tended much to evade complying with the certain legal obligations. And another important piece deriving from the outsourcing regulations is the, the fact that employers now really have to pay profit sharing. By using outsourcing, we were able to avoid it. But now everybody's paying profit sharing. In Mexico, it's equal to 10% of the profits are supposed to be uh, distributed among employees. Another important development relates, uh, and this is an international one, that by the way, with other colleagues in the ELA, we've been participating actively in, U in the US and in Canada, refers to something that is being called rapid response mechanisms which are international procedures filed either in Canada or in the United States against Mexico for violation of labor principles, basically freedom of association and collective bargaining. And, and we have participated in a couple of those, very interesting. Certainly the support of a U.S. attorney and the support of a Canadian attorney is needed. And we've been teaming with our colleagues up in the North and the last piece was just a change in our vacation regulations. We increased vacations. We used to, I think we were in the Latin America with the lowest number of vacations being provided by employers. So now it is granted six additional days. And it's a whole table that goes by seniority. So I think in a nutshell, René, those would be the most important developments during 2022. It is a big nutshell, Juan Carlos. Very important and significant transformations in the legal field of the labor and employment law in Mexico. But we understand, eh, Juan Carlos, from what you share with us, that there are new higher standards that come from the international relations that Mexico has with Canada and the US. We also understand that there are different court and legal procedures that are being implemented and that outsourcing has been forbidden. And those are huge impacts in the labor and employment fields that, of course, need the participation, need the involvement of leadership in each country. How do you see this point, Juan Carlos? What do you think about the impact of leadership or government changes in your country? What leadership or government changes, if any, impacted employment law in Mexico over the past years? And what changes are you anticipating this year? Well, that's a good question, too, and a very interesting one. The Mexican federal government, as you know, has been in office since 2020. This is the leftist party, our leftist president. And I must say, as a Mexican, not as a lawyer, that I believe that the changes being implemented on the labor field are real good for the people. So I'm fully consistent and support them. People's having a voice in the collective bargaining exercises at companies. I think it's a very, very good improvement. And of course, increasing the benefits, vacations, and there's also increases in 
contributions that employers shall make to pension plans. So I think all those are good news. Nevertheless, the other side of the coin is that there's been lots of being given to the people, and we are fine with that. It's just that there's, there hasn't been no balance with respect to employers. There has been no incentive uh, from our federal government to, to the private sector, to the employer sector. And I believe at some point during the last, hopefully in 2023 or 24, which is the last year of this existing government, we shall expect some additional support to employers as well. But the economic policy of the government has been highly criticized, and I'm not an expert in that, but that's, I think, where our government has committed a number of mistakes. But take, talking about labor, they've done the right things. It's good to have that good impression from Mexican citizens, which we all know that is not only Mexican citizen, but also a prominent lawyer. So it's good to hear your general assessment on the positive attitudes and the positive policies that were taken in Mexico in relation to the labor and employment field. But things have changed, Juan Carlos. We all know that uh, it's no longer 2019 and we will not go back to the former reality. What's going on with remote work? Does it continue to be a hot topic in Mexico for employers? How is Mexico tackling hybrid work from home, return to office, and cross-border remote work, work from anywhere? Yeah, that's also being a, a hot topic, which continues to being developed. We actually, we first introduced the first piece of legislation back in January 2021. We call it telework. Since then, as a consequence of the pandemic that we suffered for the last few years, and these changes came really from scratch. I mean, they, we introduced a definition of what it shall be understood by telework and a list of duties that employer and employees shall commit to when allowing an employee to work from home. And now it seems that it is something that came and will stay for always because you see now mostly the younger generations are asking very much to be allowed to do home office and it has proven to be highly effective. So I think in our daily life from a business perspective, it has really changed, particularly in consulting fields. Of course, you know, manufacturing or other services are not able to work from home. But those who can, it's definitely now a condition of employment that the employee asks for when they are hired. So it's it's important to be on top of that. And we're expecting now through the regulations on home office, it's imminent the publication of the specific rules in terms of the furniture that the employer has to provide has to be an ergonomic one. The place in which the work is performed at home needs to meet certain standards, regulations about accidents occurred at, at home during work time. So a bunch of other developments will come. They have not yet been uh, published, but it will eventually be, I think, and that's an important development also for 2023. We cannot let go one of the most senior lawyers in labor law in Mexico without asking him 
his predictions for 2023. Juan Carlos, what are your impressions? What can we expect from employment law updates, changes? What do you anticipate to be the biggest impact on HR on 2023? We've basically three different fields. First, collective bargaining. There is a rule right now that all collective bargaining agreements existing in the country will come to an end on May the 1st of 2023, unless they are validated prior to that by the employee's support by means of secret ballot. And we used to have, I mean, we had like half a million collective bargaining agreements in the country, and it sounds that not more than 15,000 will be validated. So it's really nothing. It's like a 3% of all the CBAs, which really pictures Mexico as a country in which collective bargaining was more a simulation than a true, really existing employer union relationship. So it, it is like a cleaning the house. But that brings a number of consequences because the union's attitudes are starting to change and become a bit more aggressive. And perhaps the reason why is now because the client is the employee. So we have to convince employees to get an arrangement. Prior to that, we just needed to convince the leader. Now we have to convince the employee. And that's why negotiations are becoming tougher and employees now are asking for higher increases. But that was precisely the reason behind the changes in the law. Mexico was criticized for making dumping when attracting foreign investment in, in North America because of our cheap labor force. So with these changes, the intention is to increase people's earnings and, of course, the level of acquiring power start to level up a little bit with the United States and Canada. So collective bargaining is going to be huge this year. Second, we are going to see because of this new outsourcing regulations, there's been lots of inspection by government to verify whether employers are truly complying with the new rules. And those that are not, they will be fined and or there could even be repercussions on the tax side because when you are making payments to outsourcing companies and in an illegal way, those payments cannot be deducted. And there could be even be some criminal liability if the amounts exceed certain threshold. So I think that's where we're going to be living. Uh, we have a legislative power that has been very creative. So I wouldn't doubt that we will see also other additional benefits for the people, including perhaps the reduction of the maximum number of our working hours for employees. We're going to have real fun time during 2023. Three hot topics to address. Collective bargaining, outsourcing prohibition, and maybe additional benefits for employees. Very interesting to have you here today, Juan Carlos. That is all for today. We had the honor to speak with Juan Carlos de la Vega, partner in Santa Marina Esteta from Mexico. Thank you, Juan Carlos, for sharing your insights about Mexico in the ELA's special Year in Review podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with you. My pleasure to René. Happy to participate. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I hope that this Year in Review about employment law in Mexico has been as insightful for you as it has been for me. If you would like to connect with Juan Carlos, 
please click on his bio in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.law. Information about all of the programs available in the 2023 Year in Review series can be accessed in the notes of this podcast. You've been listening to the Year in Review Regional Roundtable, a series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I am René Claude. Thanks for listening.